0: Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. So real, real high, repeat after me real loud. Today. Today. Louder today. Today. The Holy Spirit Spirit. is going to speak to me again. again for the fourth time. about being redefined. redefined. After today, today, I will know and fully understand understand that God God wants to give me me his authority. authority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He sure does. He wants me to to walk in in his authority. authority. To walk through doors doors. with his authority. authority. To be in relationships With his authority to advance the kingdom with his authority, not mine. So after today, I will be able to have access and the responsibility to handle my authority with God's grace. Let's go. Let's go. Matthew chapter number 16, if you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is Renaming You for Authority. Renaming You for Authority. The last three weeks, we were uh, dealing with uh, Abram having his name changed to Abraham, Sarai having her name changed to Sarah, and Jacob having his name changed to Israel. Now, we see something in Matthew chapter number 16 Starting from the 13th verse, where Jesus actually changes one of his disciples' names. Starting at the 13th verse, reading from the New Living Translation, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Pop quiz! Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then they asked, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God, period. That's just a bold statement. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell would not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. That's good stuff. Renaming you for authority. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, we embrace your authority and we receive it. Amen. Amen. I want you to consider how important uh, Matthew chapter number 16, these verses that I just read, are to the entire gospel narrative. This is literally a moment in human history that sets up what we now understand as the church universal. It's amazing uh, uh, the types of situations, circumstances Uh, dare I call them adventures that you will get into if you choose to say yes to following Jesus. There's probably at least 300 people that can identify with the fact that if you choose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And you choose to follow him, you will wind up doing things that you never thought you would do. Going places you never thought you would go. Living a life that you never thought you would live because you got a revelation of who Jesus is. It makes you uh, reconsider uh, what it means to follow him. Because I want you to, to, to reminisce with me on the fact that just a few chapters earlier, uh, the disciples come into this relationship with Jesus. They, be, they begin to follow him. Every single day to be discipled by them, they're following him and they're, they're, they're not just learning about teachings. They are getting hands on experience of what it means to walk with God. How many people in here are, are wired for like the classroom? You're like, you know what? Just give me the instructions and I will show of hands. Just, just I love the classroom environment. Give me a textbook. Let me read and I'll figure out what to do and I'll get an A. OK, raise your hands. I want to see. OK, they pointing at people. They're like that person has straight A's and I hate them. Right. How many people by a show of hands, you're like, I need you to help. Let me do it. Let me. I need hands on experience. Let me follow you. Let me shadow you. Let me do it. You do it once. And then I do it the second time. And then the third time I'm on my own. OK. Right. You, you, you're that way. I remember I worked at a at, at a job where I was filling up Gatorade machines uh, and I had to drive a, a truck around and deliver this Gatorade uh, uh, to all of these different vending machines. This is when they first came out with the uh, Gatorade machines in late 1998, early 1999. Uh, uh, the guy that owned the company showed me how to operate a forklift in 15 minutes. He got in the forklift, said, you do it like this got out, patted me on the back, and left. Now, we won't tell him how many pallets of Gatorade fell on the floor with me trying to learn how to operate that forklift. But about 45 minutes later and some spilled, riptide rush on the ground, that's one of the flavors, (laughs) it was disgusting, Um, we got it right. Some need the classroom environment. Some some are hands on. Jesus was doing both. Jesus was teaching them classroom style. You have heard it said like this, but I tell you something like this. But not only did he give them classroom style instruction, he started giving them experience. And it wasn't experience like, hey, I'm going to give you 10 minutes to preach and see how you do. He's like, hey, there's a lot of people following us. How are we going to feed them? Like, sir, we don't know. We should send them home. He's like, no, we should feed them. Like, Well, we only have two fish and five loaves of bread. He's like, great. Sit them all down. I just want you to imagine how awkward it must have been to go look at a crowd of people knowing what's in the inventory. Two fish, five loaves. Do you know how much faith it took to walk out? Hey, hey. We're going to feed everybody. I need you to sit down in groups of 50. This is going to run out quick. One, two, three, four. Mm-mm, this is going to run out quick. Would y'all say it was? Two fish and five loaves? Yeah, we're we, we going to starve today.
1: And Jesus blessed the bread
0: and broke it and handed it out. And, and, and fish kept coming out of the baskets. And bread kept coming out of the baskets so much so that when it was over, they gathered up 12 boxes or 12 baskets of bread and went back home. Can you just imagine that day? Oh, this dude, he'd be really doing stuff. I don't know if we're going to ever be able to do this, but he he's doing stuff. He says, let's go to the other side of the lake. They go to the other side of the lake. Again, when you follow Jesus, you don't, know what's, you don't know what's about to pop off. They get to the other side of the lake, they get off the boat, and as soon as they get off the boat, they are in a cemetery. Now, I don't know if you've ever traveled on a boat anywhere. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise. Um, but they don't dock at cemeteries. There's a lot of places to dock a boat. You don't usually dock them in a dead place, literally.
1: They get off the boat, and before they can take 50
0: feet into uh, the land, uh, this naked man is screaming and he's full of demons. Why are you here, Jesus? If that was me, I'd have been like, oh, you know what? I, Jesus, I'm going to be on the, I left some on the boat. Let me just go back and get that and I'm going to let you handle naked demon boy. <laughs> Jesus cast a the, the demon out of the man and do you know what happened after that? They got back on the boat.
1: You didn't come to see nobody else. You literally brought us over on a boat for a naked demon possessed man.
0: That's how much God loves people. That he will show up just for you. No matter what situation or circumstance you are in presently, he will show up just for you. They get back on the boat. They start going to the other side. Jesus is not on the boat. And they are like, what is going on? Where is Jesus? A storm breaks out. Because again, when you're with Jesus, you just don't know what's going to happen. Don't you wish that your life with Jesus would just be marriages and miracles? <laughs> like the, 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 don't, don't you wish they could just edit the Bible just for marriages and miracles? Let's just have parties and miracles all day. Turn that water into wine, sir. And heal everybody. The end. No. They're on the boat coming back. They think they're going to die. It looks to be an apparition. It looks to be a ghost. They think it's a ghost in the form of Jesus. They get all scared. And then Peter says one of the most ridiculous statements, makes one of the most ridiculous requests that is made in the entire New Testament. The ship is being tossed to and fro. They think they see someone that looks like Jesus on the water. And Peter says, Hey, Jesus, get over here. That's not what it says, right? That's what I would have said. Because if my Savior's off the boat, I want him on the boat. You need to come over here. Peter's request was completely different. Jesus, who makes this like you have to be delusional or scared? I can't believe he said this. Jesus, if that's you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. If I was any other disciple, I would have been like It would have been an instant meme face. Just What? You 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 going to go out there? And Peter does it. He gets off the boat. He is standing on water. And walk straight over to him. While he gets over there, it dawns on him. I probably shouldn't be here right now. I don't know when it hit him. Maybe he was hyped, like, oh, it's
1: really you. Oh, my God.
0: And then scripture says he began to sink. Now, I want you to understand something. Beginning to sink is not the same as sank. I've heard so many people narrate that passage wrong. As if he was neck deep going down for the fifth time. And Jesus is like, oh, yeah, you want to come out here now, huh? God is not petty. Scripture says he began to sink. Now, I'm a simple man, but began to me. If the waters underneath your feet began means it got to your shin. That's it. It's just one level. That's all began to sink means to me. What can it mean to you? It's not waist deep, began to sink. And Jesus grabbed him by the hand
1: and said, man, why'd you, why'd you stop believing so quickly? And they walked back to the boat together. They got back in the boat. The waves ceased and they got home. I can imagine Peter thinking to himself, I need to keep a journal. Dear journal <laughs> Earlier today we fed a grip of people he's from Cali <laughs> We fed a lot of people Our first count was two fish and five loaves of bread Somehow some way this man prayed over all of it and it became enough for thousands We only counted the heads of household, that was 5,000. But a lot of them was married, so we just gonna roughly say 8,000. But then they had kids with them, and you know how children's ministry gets. (laughs) I'ma say roughly between 12 and 15. A Lot of babies out here in Jerusalem. (laughs) Then we got on the boat. And went to the other side of the lake. He said we needed to go over there. So I mean, I'm a disciple, so we go. <laughs> Soon as we get off the boat, there is a naked, demon-possessed man! Exclamation! 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 We were scared. we were scared but the demon came out of the man he was clothed in his right mind he volunteered to come back with us but Jesus told him no that's all he wanted to do there we get back on the boat for some reason he's not on it I don't know why we took off without Jesus but we left him behind. <laughs> it got rocky on the boat and then we thought we saw a ghost, but it was Jesus. He, he told me to come to him at my request. <laughs> I walked on water. All caps. <laughs> exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Then parenthetically, this might be the Messiah. So, two chapters later, Jesus has a pop quiz. Guess who decides to answer the question?
0: <laughs> Jesus says, "What is the word on the street? What What are people saying about me?" Well, some say you, John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, or one of the other prophets, Jeremiah, Hosea, somebody. Okay, that's the word on the street. Who do you say that I am? Guess who answered the question? Water walker. Don't even ask nobody else, Any Y'all didn't even do it. Put your hand down. You don't know. I know exactly who you are, sir. Who am I? You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, what? He said, hey, no, no human being told you that. Flesh and blood couldn't have revealed that to you. Only my dad tells people stuff like that. And and now that you know that, now that you have that type of revelation, I want to let you know there's there's a name change coming. See, uh, see, I want to talk to you about your authority today because your authority is directly uh, related to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Outside of that, you have no real authority. You may have some influence, but true authority comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to walk you through my three points because so, I want everybody in here to walk in their authority starting from this day forward. Here's the question we got to ask. How do we get our authority? That's the question that needs to be asked. And my three points are the answer. How do we get our authority? How do we walk in it? How do we stay in it? How do we talk in it? Point number one, please write this down. The first way you get your authority is to get a revelation. You must get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter number uh, uh, 16, verse 17. Jesus replied, you are blessed, uh, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Can I tell you something? Anybody that that, that confesses Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead has a revelation of Jesus. That doesn't come from church culture. That doesn't come because you went to Sunday school class. Anybody that stands flat footed and says Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. That came through revelation. That doesn't come through a a, a class. Because there's a lot of people that are being told about the faith that don't believe it. And the reason why it's important to have a revelation Is because the revelation can't be taken away. I've heard people argue between the experience you have, the revelation you have, or or if you have a bunch of information uh, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, if you can prove historically uh, and and through archaeological uh, uh, facts that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me tell you something. I want to I want to save you from a debate. Because there's too many people debating their faith. Our faith can't be debated. It has to be revealed. And I know for some of you all that's like, that's not good enough. I want I, I, I want more substance to tell my friends. Let me tell you, unless they get a revelation of Jesus Christ, you can talk until you are blue in the face, red in the face, purple in the face. We got a lot of people in here, different hues. I don't know what you turn when you get mad and out of breath. But whatever it is, I'm trying to save you from a debate that will be fruitless without revelation. Whenever there's a loved one that I want to see come into the kingdom of God, I start praying to get a revelation of who he is. I'm not about to argue with them. The Bible says. Don't you know what the Bible says? They don't care. Guess what? Before I gave my life to Christ, I didn't care. My parents passed through church for 15 years. I grew up in that church and I didn't give my life. I didn't give my life to Jesus Christ until I was 20 years old. I did not care. I was going to church because my mom, my mama made me, but I did not believe in their God. Until January 14th of 1996, when I'm sitting in the back of the church and I get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And let me tell you how I know it was a revelation. There was no sermon being preached. I'm sitting in the back of the church minding my own business and I hear a voice that I've never heard before. I know now it was the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said to me, as clear as I'm talking to you, you are a sinner. There was no condemnation in this statement. There was just a, a it was a factual statement. He was telling me I am far from God. I'm not connected to God. And when he said it was the first time I realized it. And I started crying. And I realized that Jesus Christ was real. And so because I'm a PK, I already know how the service goes. And we had two hours before service ended because I got this revelation at the beginning of service. (laughs) Like right after Sunday school, right when praise and worship started, that's when I got the revelation. He's he's real. He's alive. And then I'm like, now I got to wait through the uh, uh, morning worship, which is an A and B selection. Uh, then uh, if you don't know nothing about A and B selections, consider yourself blessed. Um, uh, then we were going to have testimony service and after testimony service, we was going to raise the offering. Do you hear me? Raise it. We was going to raise it. If it was $75, we was going to raise it to 80. If it was 80, we was going to raise it. I just need 20 more dollars for even hundred. It's just, I'm going to go in my pocket. I got five. You the pastor. How you only got five <laughs> round this out, sir. You said you was blessed. Make the budget, sir. Let's go. <laughs> so random. I knew how long it then. And then after and after we raised the offering, then there might be a, a C selection, a third song before the person preaches. And then the person's going to preach. And then after the sermon, then there would be an altar call. I couldn't wait that long. I had a revelation at the beginning of service. What am I going to do? Well, Tim Ross has never been into protocol that much. (laughs) So I stood up during testimony service. I thought it was a good good time. I was going to (laughs) testify. I stood up. I was in the back of the church. I was at the very last row, back of the church. I stood up, and I was like, um, let me wait my turn. Five people are in front of me, and they're long-winded that day. I don't know why. They finally get to me. My dad was officiating the service. He looked back. He went, Tim has something to say? Because they knew I didn't play church. Before I got saved, I just wasn't saved. I used to, stand at, I used to sit at the back of the church, back row, write raps, and because uh, uh, I was a battle rapper back then. And I used to laugh at the people that spoke in tongues. So I'd be writing a rap. I'm
1: standing up. My dad is shocked. I think Tim has something
0: to say. And I... I don't know protocol. I, paid it. I mean, I went to church, but I didn't pay that much attention. And so I said, I give up. And about 50 people turned around. Because <laughs> in a small church, everyone's nosy. <laughs> give up what? And I was like, I need to get saved right now. And my mama let out the biggest hallelujah Ah, ah! I mean she just went in my dad started crying my, my, my um, Sunday school teacher sister Beverly Walker she started crying and I walked up to the front and I gave my life to Jesus Christ I mean it was so like end of a Tyler Perry movie scripted it was Suge Avery coming home from color purple it was it was all of that okay and, and 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 I walked up to the front, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I was saved. That was it. I I I I knew something that no human could tell me. This is why Paul calls preaching foolishness, because it shouldn't work. There should be no reason that somebody preaches about Jesus, the invisible man. At the end of the service, somebody give their life to them unless the Holy Spirit is involved in that work in the midst of that. You need a revelation. If you're going to have God's authority, you need a revelation of God's revealed plan. And his revealed plan is Jesus Christ, his word wrapped in flesh, dying on the cross to bring us into relationship with him. Point number two, please write this down. If you're going to get your authority, you need transformation. You need revelation, but you also need transformation. Here's here's what it says uh, in verse number 18. Now, I say to you now, now, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, I told you I was born and raised in church. I've been around church culture a lot in my life. And I remember uh, that there I used to hear many preachers, not just one or two. Uh, There were many preachers that would talk about Simon and what they would say is the reason why Simon needed his name changed is because Simon meant flaky. Simon meant inconsistent. Simon was not dependable. And so and so Jesus changed his name to rock. It, It was a prophetic statement to firm him up. And to make him strong enough to to, to walk in the authority that God wanted to give him. Now, I'm a nerd. So I went and checked. Like, let me just see what his name is. Let me tell you what Simon means. Simon doesn't mean flaky. Simon literally means listener. The the, the very definition of Simon's name means he listens. Not God, but, but the person. It means that he's a good listener. Let me tell you, in order for you to have transformation, you need to be a good listener. You need to be listening out for what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you because he's trying to transform you. Transformation is completely different than a makeover. When you get a makeover, we still know it's you. Oh, you cut your hair. It's still you. Oh, you got new makeup. Good for you. It's still you. Oh, you got better clothes or, 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 or whatever. Th- that, that's called a makeover. Transformation is when wait, we don't recognize you. Transformation is when a butterfly comes out of a cocoon, and you say, "Where'd the caterpillar go?" Transformation is Bumblebee turning from a VW. I'm just trying to. Do y'all get it yet? <laughs> I thought that one would be the one where you're like, "Amen, Bumblebee." Never mind. Whether it's the VW or the Camaro, transformation is you're not the same person as you was before you went. I only got 30 Transformer fans. It's okay. I'm done. I'm done. I tried my best. Okay. Transformation means you don't look like you used to. The Holy Spirit's not trying to make you the best version of you. He's trying to make you look like Jesus. He's not trying to make you look like you. He's not trying to make you live your best life. He's trying to help you to live his best life through you on Earth. That only comes through transformation. Here's what Jesus says. You know what? I'm renaming you. Since you're such a good listener, I'm going to call you Rock. And, 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 and let me tell you what, what I'm going to do for you, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, based on the revelation that you just got about me, I can build my entire church off of the revelation that you just got about me, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want you to understand something. The piece of revelation that you get about Jesus is enough for him to build his entire church off of whatever revelation that you're getting about Jesus in this season of your life. Here's what God says. I can build my whole church off of that. I can build community around that. You can open up your doors for an embassy city place off that revelation that you received right there. You can expand community. You can give birth to the kingdom. You can do something great in the kingdom of God. Transformation is meant to make you look like him. Not like you. Point number three, write this down. You get authority when you get access. It's one of my favorites. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, whatever you forbid, I'm I'm sorry, I'm reading NLT, but I'm I'm quoting it in King James. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He says, I'm giving you keys to the kingdom of heaven. How many people got keys to your house? Don't it feel good to walk in? Because it's yours. How many people have keys to your car? Don't it feel good to uh, walk in? Now, if you don't have keys to the vehicle that you drove here, that's called grand theft. (laughs) And we're praying for
1: you. But you need to return to sender.
0: Access means that you have permission to go in. You have authority to be there. Anybody ever uh, been in a hotel and your, your, your card key gets demagnetized? Do you hate that? And you and you go up to the thing, you, I mean, I mean you're like on the 17th floor, you're just walking in, all proud, and then and that thing blinks red, and you're like, Sorry. and it's red again, and something in you just won't believe what this card is trying to tell you. <sighs> like it's a Nintendo cartridge. And it's still red. And here you go. Oh! I have to go all the way down to the lobby. We are so lazy. Oh, my God. Oh, I got to push the button. And get in the elevator. It's going to go all the way down. I have to stand here while it goes down. And it's going to open on, road, on, on on level seven and then six. and then, Oh, stop pushing the button. And then you get down to the lobby. And you're like, my kids. Oh! And they slide it back in there and give it back to you. And you're like, huh. go back up there, turns green, you walk in. You're like, yes, I have access. Here's what I'm telling you. Because Peter got a revelation and he was, he was willing to be transformed, he got access. Listen, if you were given the keys to a Bentley or a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, you would drive it differently. Because you don't want to mess it up. <gasps> Some of y'all, the way you be whipping your Hyundai. From 07, is because you over it. You drive it like you over it. Can't wait till my next blessing. You just mashing the gas, skidding into your parking lot. You're doing donuts in the street. Right? Then somebody gives you the keys to a Lambo, you're like, ooh.
1: Do they have these in an automatic?
0: Right? You don't know how to drive a stick. But with more power comes more responsibility. Thank you, Uncle Ben.
1: (laughs) With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben. What are you going to do with
0: yours? When God gives you authority, it's to advance the kingdom of heaven. He gives you keys that give you access to advance God's kingdom no matter where you are and what you do he wants you to advance his kingdom and I love the way he said it he said whatever you forbid on earth we'll forbid in heaven whatever you give permission to on earth we give permission to in heaven a, 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 a more literal translation is whatever you bind here. Whatever you forbid here would have already been forbidden there. If you don't like it, we don't like it. Because listen, if you have the mind of Christ and you've been transformed, you won't be forbidding anything that heaven wants to allow. So as an ambassador, you start getting so much authority. Heaven starts going, amen, whatever he said was right. We already did that up here. So he doing it down there. Whatever you give permission to. Heaven goes, we're going to give permission to that as well. Some of you all need to start using this authority in your family. We will have a blessed family. We will have a blessed marriage. We permit a generational blessing in our family. We forbid a generational curse in this family. We have authority. We have keys. You cannot have my child. I permit a generational blessing over my child. I will call that child who they are supposed to be in Christ, but I forbid a generational curse. I forbid addiction. I forbid rebelliousness. We're going to bind that stuff because I have authority. And the authority is not to be used as a manipulative tool. There's so many people that have abused their spiritual authority in a church setting. When authority wasn't given to one person, it was given to all of us. And as we walk in in submission to one another, we get to advance the kingdom of God. So listen to me. Where's your authority today? Some of us have forfeited our authority because of the responsibility that comes with it. Some of us in this room self-sabotage to try to prove, see, I can't be trusted. Move on to somebody else. God, it's not me. I clearly keep messing up. And here's the love of Christ. Still dangling the keys in front of you. Going, you have a revelation. I just need you to transform. The moment you transform. You'll have access. And you can give. You can take that access and step into everything that he's calling you to do. So you can be everything he's calling you to be. He's renaming you for authority. Will you accept it? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our
0: church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a
1: wonderful day and come back again.